is a voice note that's been making the rounds on WhatsApp. It's been forwarded to people all around the world. Just so you know, um, my sister, her boyfriend's brother, works for the Ministry of Defence. Okay, some random person's sister's boyfriend's brother. Yeah, right, sounds totally legit. And one of the things that they're doing to prepare, and this won't affect London, this will be everywhere, they're basically worried that people are going to get stuck indoors without any food. Uh-oh, this sounds serious. So one of the things that they're doing is they're actually working on making a massive lasagna. Some out-of-the-box thinking there, but wait for it. Here comes the punchline. They're making lasagna the size of Wembley Stadium. So how they're doing it is they're actually putting the underground heating at Wembley. That's going to, like, bake the lasagna, and then they're going to put the roof across, so it's like a recreate an oven. This joke, and yes, rest assured, it is 100% a joke, was a spoof by a Londoner named Billy. It did prompt a few chuckles around our now virtual office when it went viral recently. But there is a serious point here. Dodgy voice notes about the coronavirus pandemic have spread so far and so fast, they've become an entire genre in themselves, ripe for parodies like this one. I'm looking forward to that because I do quite like lasagna as well. This is BBC Trending. We investigate the world of social media. I'm Mike Wendling. The coronavirus pandemic has been accompanied by what the World Health Organization has called an infodemic. Uh, Kind of a clunky word, but one that's been used to describe a sudden explosion of information. Some of it accurate, some of it misinformation, disinformation, bad health advice, or stuff that's just plain wrong. So for the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to give you some top tips how you can avoid being duped by all this bad information circulating online and what we should all be doing to stop its spread. Think of it as the digital equivalent of washing your hands. With me is Mariana Spring, our specialist disinformation reporter. Hi, Mike. I've been collecting a huge number of stories we've been sent from listeners and readers of the BBC Trending blog by social media, by email, by text. And the BBC has a whole team of disinformation experts sifting through these and checking them out. I've also been talking to some fact-checking experts. They're trying to knock down misinformation before it spreads. We've asked another member of our myth-busting team, Flora Carmichael, to read out our list of tips. So when you hear this noise... Pay particular attention. We'll be giving you some accurate information. And a quick note on terminology before we begin. Often bad information online is called fake news. But that term is loaded. It's often used by politicians to attack news outlets they don't like and has a particular association with all the things that went on four years ago during the last American presidential election. Plus, a lot of the stories we talk about aren't necessarily fake. They might just be misleading or taken out of context. Nor are all of them news. They can be health tips or memes or any number of things. So in general, we try to avoid that term and instead use words that are a bit more precise, like misinformation, disinformation or misleading or inaccurate, depending specifically on what we're talking about. OK, with that sorted, Flora, take it away. Tip number one. Stop and think. Yes, If there's only one thing that you take away from this programme, it's this. When you get a piece of information, just... 
pause and have a think. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that we've repeated this mantra a lot on Trending over the years, and it's a piece of advice that's more valid than ever. Bad information goes viral when lots of us don't just stop and take a breath before clicking that share button, the retweet icon, or copying and pasting. Claire Milne is the deputy editor at fact-checking organisation Full Fact. As you can guess, she's been incredibly busy ever since this coronavirus outbreak began. So we have seen lots of different types of claims and some of those have been shared tens or even hundreds of thousands of times in some cases. I mean, one particular post that we've seen has been shared over 300,000 times at the time that we fact-checked it and it contained lots of different advice, some of which was misleading, about the symptoms of COVID-19 and and how you could go about trying to prevent yourself from catching it. Just like the virus itself, bad information spreads because of what we humans do or don't do. So stop and think. Tip number two, check your source. The first thing that we'll usually look out for, particularly when we are looking for misleading and false claims on social media, are Sources that aren't clearly defined. So by that, I mean posts where the claims in it are attributed to a friend of a friend or someone I know works in the NHS and told me this or a friend's uncle or a mysterious source that isn't quite defined and is very difficult to actually trace back and nail down in any detail. So that's usually the first thing that we look out for. If you remember Billy's spoof WhatsApp memo from the top of the programme... He says he's passing along a message from a sister's boyfriend's brother who works at the Ministry of Defence. Again, it was a joke, but that kind of sourcing is a big red flag. Here's another WhatsApp memo that's gone hugely viral in recent weeks. This one's not a parody. The speaker thinks she's giving real information. Hi, guys. Um, Just wanted to pass on this information. It was sent to me by a colleague who uh, has a friend that works at Dr. Negrin, which is uh, the main hospital on our island. Immediately, that's a red flag, something that was sent by a colleague who has a friend who works at a hospital. We looked into this one and we found that this particular note is a mix of good information and bad information. And we'll talk about that a bit more later. But just remember... If there is important information about the virus, you won't only hear it from social media or a friend. It'll be on news sites and announcements by public health organisations. Important updates are going to be from trusted places, not just someone who contacts you on WhatsApp. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've been working with our colleague Olga Robinson. She's with BBC Monitoring's disinformation team. She ran us through some of the questions we need to ask when we're looking at where a message comes from. What is the exact source of the claim in their post? Is it an anonymous source from somewhere? Is it a friend or is it a repost from somebody else and you don't know where it actually comes from? Or is it the WHO website or local health authorities? Has this information appeared online? Do some Googling and sometimes a very simple Google search can give you a very quick answer to the question of whether this information is accurate or not. And check the details. All very good things to consider. Tip number three. Ask yourself, could it be fake? Even things that look legitimate could be fake. Logos can be copied, websites can be spoofed. A few weeks ago, some people who really should know better were fooled 
by someone who was pretending to be an official BBC Twitter account. They tweeted that the actor who starred in the Harry Potter movies, Daniel Radcliffe, had come down with the virus. But he hadn't. Twitter quickly took that fake account down, but it's another reminder to stop and think. Claire Milne from Full Fact told us some of the telltale signs of potential fakery. Typos, awkward layouts, things written in lots of capital letters. That's often an indication that there might be something not quite right about a post. URLs that are perhaps a little bit strange, they're not quite what you would expect, particularly if it is a link perhaps that you have shared on social media and it is a website masquerading as some other more official source of information that you might be inclined to trust, but it's not actually that real source. Next tip, please, Flora. Tip number four. If you're unsure whether it's true, don't share. This is something that comes up quite a lot. People sometimes share things even though they aren't quite sure if they are true, in the hopes of finding out whether or not it's legitimate info. Try to resist this urge. It's one thing if you're sharing things with friends who you know are experts. Say a friend of yours is a doctor and you get a piece of advice that you think is dodgy. You might want to send it on to her and ask, what do you think? But remember that things can be taken out of context. Your legitimate questions can be removed from future copies of the post. And basically, beware of putting anything into large groups, whether that be on Facebook, WhatsApp, or any other platform. Tip number five. Check each fact individually. This is another suggestion that comes from our colleague Olga Robinson at BBC Monitoring. Sometimes legitimate advice and legitimate information is mixed with bogus advice and hoaxes. And it really is very important to make sure that you check every single thing before you go and sharing it. And if people don't have time to do this, then basically the default should be that we should just think twice about sharing things. I would say always take a step back and act responsibly before sharing it. And also remember that if it's something that is being shared by your friends, your family, or it has gone viral, it does not mean that it's true. And you need to always remember that. We've got a good example here. Remember that WhatsApp voice note we mentioned earlier, the one that was dubiously sourced? Hi, guys. Just wanted to pass on this information. It was sent to me by a colleague who uh, has a friend that works at Dr. Negrin, which is uh, the main hospital on our island. Well, that was a classic example of a message that mixed good information and bad information. The good stuff first. Wash metallic surfaces very carefully. Always a good idea to keep things clean. Don't smoke. Good advice at any time. Wash your hands every 20 minutes using any soap that foams. Do this for 20 seconds and wash your hands thoroughly. Every 20 minutes is maybe a bit excessive, but overall, the message is good. Keep washing your hands. So that's the sensible information. But some of the other claims in the voice note were not so useful. Some were wrong or misleading. Gargle with an antiseptic in warm water. Gargling might soothe the sore throat, but there's no evidence that it will protect you from the coronavirus. Take a sip of warm water every 20 minutes. 
It's good to stay hydrated, but again, this will not, I repeat, not prevent you from catching coronavirus. We've seen other viral messages that are worse than this one. Some with advice that could actually put people's lives at risk. One gives instructions for a self-test involving holding your breath to see if you have the virus. The problem is, it's simply not true. There's absolutely no scientific basis for it. The potentially dangerous part is where you think you're self-testing and in the clear, because you can hold your breath. But then you actually have the virus and could potentially spread it. The risks aren't just theoretical. There have been reports from various places around the world of people dying after taking fake coronavirus cures. So how can you check out claims yourself? Claire Milne from Full Fact says check what you're reading against trusted sources like the World Health Organization. You can go and check it up and look on those organizations' websites and find out if they are actually saying that information. Tip number six. Beware emotional posts. People should think about how the post makes them feel. Often things that are deliberately trying to mislead or manipulate us provoke a strong emotional reaction. So they'll cause things like fear or anger or immediate happiness and excitement because it just wants you to click that share button and spread it to other people. So if you have a strong emotional reaction, caution people to pause and take a minute and think about it before they hit that share button. It's the secret of persuasion. Politicians know it. Advertising executives know it, and social media tricksters know it. Get people's emotions riled up, and you can get stuff to go viral. Like Claire says, it might be negative emotions, fear, anxiety, or it could be positive ones, happiness, excitement. If you saw a social media post with a headline like, The cure for coronavirus has been found, you'd probably get very excited, and you'd want to share that with everyone you know. Unfortunately, as of yet, there is of course no cure. When you feel emotional after reading something, take a deep breath and yes, stop and think. Okay, time for one more, I think. Tip number seven. Think about biases. This may be the trickiest thing to do, but ask yourself, am I sharing this because I really know it's true or am I sharing it because I want it to be true? I hope it's true. It matches my beliefs. I have to admit to being biased in favour of Tottenham Hotspur. I'm biased against the New York Yankees. It makes me happy when that baseball team loses. Joking aside, fact-checkers and journalists strive mightily to remove themselves from their biases when they're looking at stories. Your uncle's cousin's neighbour on social media? Not so much. It's easy to think, I'm not the kind of person who spreads misinformation. In other words, that it's somebody else's problem. But time and again, we've found that it's not just people who are clueless who are spreading fake news. A lot of very smart people are tricked, and anyone can fall victim to their own biases. Last week, we traced the story of how one particular post about coronavirus went, well, viral. It's available on our podcast feed or online if you want to have a listen. The point is, none of the people that we talked to in the course of making that episode were malicious or deliberately trying to spread false information. They all thought they were being helpful in passing along an urgent message that just happened to conform to their own beliefs about the world. So think about your own biases and the biases of the people who gave you the information. What's their motivation? (laughs) 
So there you have it. BBC Trending's top tips on how you can promote information hygiene and stop the flow of misinformation online the World Health Organization has been warning us about. Quick recap. Stop and think. Check your source. Ask yourself, could it be fake? If you're unsure whether it's true, don't share. Check each fact individually. Beware emotional posts. Think about biases. There's always going to be bad information online, just like there's always going to be viruses out in the real world. But if you follow some of our tips, you can help minimise the spread and the damage it causes. That's it for this edition of BBC Trending. My thanks to Mariana Spring, to Flora Carmichael and the rest of the team. Let us know what you thought. Have you seen some bad information or just information you think is suspect about the coronavirus? We want to know about it and we want to help you get to the bottom of it. So get in touch via the trending social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And check out the BBC News website for our latest updates. Or you can email me. My email is michael.wendling, that's W-E-N-D-L-I-N-G, at bbc.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back in your feed next week. In the meantime, if you want to stay on top of the coronavirus pandemic and keep tabs on all the news, we've got just the right podcast for you. Hi, this is Jackie Leonard from the Global News Podcast. A month ago, we made a special edition answering your questions about the coronavirus, and it immediately became one of our most downloaded episodes ever. So as the virus continues to spread and more and more countries go into lockdown, we're doing it again. Join me and a panel of BBC correspondents and experts as we take a look at the current situation and how it's affecting people and examine what we can learn about containing the virus and treating people who have it. To find it, search for Global News Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and look for the special episode released on the 30th of March. That's the Global News Podcast from the BBC World Service.